This is 4D with Demi Lovato. Today on the show, author, actor, advocate, Chaz Bono. He is also a transgender man. You might know him from shows like American Horror Story and Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I just know him as an early example of someone truly following their heart. So stick around for that. Hello. Hello. I'm Demi, and um, it is so wonderful to get to talk to you. I watched your interview with Drew, which was Aww. which was great. And, thanks, thanks. Um, and I love her. And oh, me too. She's so great. When I was a freshman in a high school, that first year I was living with the Strasbergs, well, with with Lee's widow and his two sons. My mom didn't. We didn't have a place out there yet, so I stayed with them. And Drew. She's younger than me, but I mean, I, I always think it's much younger because at that, when I was 14, she seemed much younger. But now right. that we're grownups, I don't think it's that big of a difference. But <laughs> that's um, how it works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I was really close with, um, with uh, David, um, Lee's younger son. This is a really sweet kid. Drew had this huge crush on him and hated me. Because somehow, like, I was in the way. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I little did she know. <laughs> right, exactly. She had nothing to worry about. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> nothing. Oh, cute. Before I start each episode, I've started giving people the opportunity to introduce themselves to mm. my audience. However okay. you would like to introduce yourself to my audience, whether it is actor or just awesome human being, go for it. Sure. I, get, I mean, I think of myself at, at this point as an, uh, kind of an actor, first and foremost, just because it's the thing that I love to do and it's kind of just my passion and what gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, but, you know, that's my job. Obviously, there's a lot more to me. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that is, that's what I love doing. That's what makes me happy. I wanted to talk to you because you are such a trailblazer. And Thank you. And it really, truly is an honor getting to have this conversation with you. I watched you in your documentary transition. And I kept thinking, wow, you have so much courage because this was not something that was something, I guess, in the, in the media and public right. figures. I had never seen that before. And um, you just handled it with so much bravery. And I want to commend you for that. Um, Thank you. Do you want to tell my audience a little bit about your story? Yeah, sure. I, I mean, it's funny because I don't, having lived it, I don't think about of myself as that brave because honestly, you know, yes. I, I figured out that I was trans, you know, almost 10 years before I transitioned and um, was terrified, you know, absolutely terrified of it. It's, it's not, you know, it's not, something I when I grew up you know I was born in 1969 I grew up I was a kid in the 70s um I knew that there was something totally different about me as a kid um I knew that I wished I was a boy 
I knew that I felt like a boy. I didn't have a, a name for it. So um, it's so different from from how, you know, kids are today. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, I, when I was about 13, I, I started to identify my attraction to girls and I knew gay and lesbian. So I just thought, okay, that's what this feeling is. And I tried to fit into that identity for about 30 years. And then early 2000s, um, I you know, started to realize this, there's something not right here. And, um, and I, I really, I mean, you know, there were different things, but I, I distinctly remember being at a party, like, um, with just a lot of lesbians, like a big lesbian kind of barbecue thing. And I, I was kind of, you know, talking to people, but I, I always lived in my head and I always, you know, was kind of observing. And I remember at this particular time thinking, huh, these, you know, all of these women, no matter, you know, how they um, present themselves or, you know, now I know it was their gender expression, but I didn't have those words then. So I was kind of like, huh, you know, whether they're, you know, more feminine or more butch or whatever, they all identify as women. They all are happy being women. And I'm not. And for a really long time, I thought that there was a, a, a part of the, of the lesbian community that uh, felt like me, which was, um, I feel like a man. I wish I were a man. I'm not, so I'll have to deal with it. And at that party, I realized that's not the de- definition of any type of lesbian. So if that's not a lesbian, what am I? And it was kind of at that point that I started to realize maybe I'm trans. But I was so, you know, terrified to kind of deal with that, that it just, it, you know, it took years to kind of un- unpack that. And, and at that time, I was still, um, you know, I hadn't gotten sober yet. So I was still, you know, dealing with substance abuse. And then um, once I did, I was still dealing with just tremendous fear of rejection uh, from every from everybody, including people I don't even didn't even know and would never meet, which is crazy. But, you know, it took time. I had to deal with family not being comfortable with uh, partners not being comfortable. And finally, I got to a place where I didn't care and I was ready to finally take care of myself. And, and honestly, the thing that helped me probably the most, uh, when I tell people this, they probably, they look at me like, huh, but Al-Anon is actually the thing that helped me uh, probably transition more than anything else. So for people who don't know what Al-Anon is, would you... Care to sure. Al Anon is a, is a twelve step program uh, for family, friends, husbands, wife, partners of people with substance abuse issues. And at that time, I was in a relationship with somebody who kept relapsing. I, I was at that point sober for well, I was sober for five years when I finally transitioned. But 
as I was going through this, my, when my girlfriend at the time, when we met, we were both sober about a year. And then she kept relapsing. And, and at the time, it was very upsetting, but it ended up being an incredible gift because it got me to Al-Anon. And, and what Al-Anon really teaches you is how to take care of yourself first and foremost, uh, to, to take care of your own needs first. And I was spent my life being a people pleaser. Um, mm. And so... <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So, you know, in order to, to, to transition, which is something that, you know, you generally when you tell people, um, hey, I'm, I'm trans and I'm going to transition, they're not like, hey, good on you. They're like, are you out of your mind? Um, you know, I, I had one person who was my, my youngest sister, which is really kind of telling as she was about 17 when I told her who was like, that's awesome. Congratulations. And that was the only person in my family who did that. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so I finally, you know, that helped me to, to finally realize I need to do this for myself. And, and once I had that, that, um, you know, I'll call it a moment of clarity because it was it, when it finally hit me. Uh, I I felt really positive about the whole thing, and and I had no doubt. And I started my transition, and you know, because I was a public figure, I knew that there was no way I would be able to do it privately. Mm -hmm. um, so it was either I tell my story or I let others, you know, tell my story, and they're not going to do it well. And also, you know, while I was in that process of trying to find the, you know, the strength to transition, uh, I did two things because I, I couldn't go to any groups and I couldn't talk to any other trans people. And it was really before the Internet um, and YouTube and all of that. So I read people's trans people's books about their transitions and I watched documentaries. And so I felt strongly about doing both of those things to kind of give back what was given to me when I was in such a dark place of knowing who I was, what I needed to do, what would make me happy, but being too afraid to do it. One thing that I really, really loved about watching your documentary was how you went to a place where the parents were able to hold a support group for each other and the kids were able to play. So that is called Transforming Family. I'm still very much a part of it. We're now very big. Wow. Um, That's yeah, so cool. Now, yeah, we are now very big. We've been on Zoom since COVID, but I, I do the 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 transmasculine youths uh, with two other uh, trans guys. And uh, we are... We're, we've we're, we've been at Children's Hospital Los Angeles for years and years now. We're, we're we've grown out of our our space there now, so we're looking for something bigger. Oh, that's so awesome! I think it's it's just so incredible that you know children and the younger generations have people to look at not only as uh, trailblazers but also supportive. P uh, members of the community that are able to help walk them through that journey. And like you said, hopefully, you know, help them have a, a an easier time. I want to talk a tiny bit about your acting. I think it's so important 
for trans people to feel recognized and celebrated. But where do you draw the line between wanting to pursue visibility and not wanting to be entirely defined by your gender? So I'm a little different than I think a lot of trans actors. And I I discovered that when I did this round table with a bunch of us for variety. And I, I was really the only actor in the group who had, who really doesn't like playing trans parts. I'll do them. I mean, I did, I did it, uh, you know, in Curb Your Enthusiasm and it was amazing because I was doing, I was, you know, working with Larry David and I was doing Curb Your Enthusiasm, but it's not, you know, it's not my number one choice. I, I consider myself a character actor. So I want to play parts that are as far away from me as possible. And, um, and, you know, my favorite stuff has been, um, the stuff that I, you know, did on, on, uh, American Horror Story. And I love playing bad guys. I love horror. I love dark stuff. Um, that's what really turns me on as an actor. And, and everybody else was kind of like really into telling trans stories. And it, and it took me a while. You know, I remember leaving that thinking, what is wrong with me? Um, and then it kind of hit me that, you know, I started in activism um, in my 20s. I mean, it wasn't specifically for the trans community. It was LGBT, you know, mm-hmm. activism. And I did that, you know, I worked for GLAD and I worked for the Human Rights Campaign and I wrote books. And then I, you know, I did the doc- documented my, my uh, transition. I did all of that. When I was a kid is when I started acting uh, at 14 uh, I was really miserable in school. I was, you know, in, in middle school, which is just a horror. And uh, my mom decided to get me over to Strasburg's um, youth uh, program here in L.A. There are so many things I can look back with at my childhood and, and file in the, you know, what were my parents thinking category. <laughs> but... Um, but this one decision that my mom did to get me in there was the best thing ever. It was oh. the best thing she ever did. And, um, you know, I immediately got in, got loved acting. I made friends. It just opened my whole world up. And in fact, my, my girlfriend now, we met there when we were 14. Oh my God. God, that's so cute. Oh, my God. In in fact, my girlfriend is the first person I ever kissed. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's so so sweet. So, yeah, so I did, I went there, and then I, you know, I had seen fame a few years earlier, and I asked my mom, can I, can I audition for, you know, performing arts? And she went to New York and checked it out. And, and I guess they told her how many people audition and, and just a f- you know, a few get in com- comparatively thousands. And so she's like, yeah, okay, you can audition. And I did. And I got in. And, um, and so, you know, I was just, I loved acting. And then my senior year, I ended up getting cast in our one time big, big production that you finally get to do in front of an audience as a male part. And it was the first time that I actually felt like I knew what I was doing on stage. And uh, I didn't know why exactly, but I was, I thought, well, I'm, this is, I'm never going to be able to play male parts. I better figure out something else to do with my life. And so I quit acting and did a myriad of things. Um, 
And then, you know, cut to 2012 and I get asked to do a couple cameos, one in Degrassi and one in The Secret Life of the American Teen. And uh, after that, <clears throat> both of them going really well and getting, you know, nice comments from both directors. I was like, I decided, you know, I'm going to check out an acting class. It's been, I haven't been in a class since I was 18. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to check something out. Uh, a good friend of mine who's an agent suggested going to um, Anthony Mindell's studio. I went, I audited a class. Okay, this looks pretty good. I'll check it out. Uh, I started in class and, and pretty quickly I realized that, you know, this is what I love. I, I have to, you know, do everything I can to do this for a living uh, for the rest of my life. And so that day after, you know, we did this, this round table and I was thinking, what the hell is wrong with me? You know, I kind of realized after a second and talking to some friends that, you know, these guys, once they started acting and got recognized, that was the first time they had a voice to be able to do activism. You know, mm. I'd been doing activism my whole life and kind right. of put on hold my true love, which was acting until mm. now. And, um, and so now I, I really want to do, you know, I mean, I still care about stuff and I still do activism, but I keep them real separate for me. And, um, and so what I really love to do is, yeah, is to just, you know, give me a part that is gritty and, you know, and where you don't even recognize it's me. That's my favorite kind of role to do. Mm, I love that. So you have a new project called Reboot Camp. Reboot Camp, yes. Tell me about that. Yeah, so Reboot Camp is a film I did. Actually, it just it's out now, but it came I we filmed it the summer before the pandemic started and um it's a great ensemble um well it's a, it's a mockumentary, which is kind of one of my favorite genres of comedy and it's about these two brothers who want to make a film about kind of the dark side of self-help industry when it gets kind of cultish and instead of just you know f filming that or talking to people about it they decide to kind of make their own cult and <laughs> i play one of the uh members i'm kind of the you know the ultimate camper i like to say <laughs> camp. like like if everybody else is you know drinking a glass of kool-aid i'm drinking the pitcher Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's great. So, but it's very funny. It's, you know, we, we did really well. We won a bunch of film festivals and now it's on video on demand and streaming everywhere. And it, it is a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. I love yeah. mockumentaries too. Um, yeah. Specifically Spinal Tap of and course. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Why is it that you have found cults so fascinating? <sighs> I know, right? I've done two projects around cults. Um, <laughs> I I like to say that like um, Herbert, who I play in in Reboot Camp, is the light side of uh, Gary, who was the 
character that I played in American Horror Story Cult. Um, oh, that was so good. Oh, thank you. That, oh, I can't. Yeah. Wow. That was really great. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. I don't, you know, it is funny that I did. I, I do find cults really fascinating and I always have. I think it's the idea that, uh, that, you know, somebody can be compelled to, under the right circumstances, get lost in something like that. And, and I know, you know, talking to, when I got involved in it, uh, talking to Evo, uh, who's the writer and director of it, you know, we talked about it and that's what got him interested in writing about the subject was, was that was like you know that under the right circumstances you know almost anybody could get ensnared and and what's kind of cool about the movie is that as he was researching it there are literally steps and and there are people that are particularly vulnerable and and my character Herbert he comes in because like his you know his girlfriend leaves him his pet dies, you know, stuff, his life is in, you know, transit, he's vulnerable. He's looking for somebody to help, help him figure it out. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, and, and throughout the movie, which is cool, there's an expert, um, who kind of breaks down and it's almost in chapters. And, and it was really funny. Somebody who, um, who we did an interview with, for it literally was like and you know and she was so great that i looked her up online <laughs> to read her book and then he was like yeah and then i realized <laughs> yeah and then i realized <laughs> that's great that's yeah. awesome wow that's great yeah so it's fun well i can't wait to watch it i'm excited i have had such a great time talking to you and thank you I, I yeah and I I really just want to say um how much I admire you for all that you've done for the trans community so thank you for coming on the final question that I yeah. always ask everybody on my podcast is what does living in 4d mean to you so for me I think it's about acceptance of where I'm at in and, and patience, mm. like those are, those are my, more my issues because, you know, I'm not professionally where I want to be. You know, I'm not, I'm not working as much as I want to be working. I'm not, um, you know, and, and like I said, I mean, I, I love acting so much that it's, it, it gets frustrating for me mm. sometimes. So like, those are the things that I have to have, you know, uh, I think that's what it means for me is like, you know, that just having, having that, that patience and, um, and acceptance and, and those, those type of things, because the other stuff I'm pretty clear on, but I'm, you know, I, I'm older. I know I'm much older than you. I, I look young is the weird thing. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm 52 years old, but I don't act it and I don't look it. I mean, I definitely don't act it. I, I feel right. like I'm like, you know, about, I don't know, 25 or yeah. something. So, yeah. Um, well, I found that the age is really just a number. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Chaz. It was an honor talking to you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'll talk to you later. Bye.